It's so good to see you, even though I can't see you. It's another beautiful day in the neighborhood. And I'm excited to launch the first episode of the Persevering Podcast, where you and I persevere through our challenges with joy. And that's the key thing that I want to bring with this podcast, is that every challenge that we face in life, we have a choice. To grieve it with joy or to grieve it with sorrow. And I have found that grieving my pain and my suffering in life with joy has helped me persevere through all the challenges that are before me. Which is why we have the Persevering Podcast, which is why I'm so excited to bring it to you. And this podcast is for you. It's not for me, but for you to be able to listen and be able to enjoy my stories and other people's stories and how they are living beyond their challenges and persevering through them and being able to overcome those barriers in their life. So, today's episode, we're going to dive in to my story. Persevering is what can allow you to overcome. But you have to find joy in the pain that you live with. It's not going to be easy. But the reward and the character that you will build in persevering through your challenges will be so rewarding. It will give you so much hope. Are you ready to persevere through your challenges? Let's do this. And how I got to where I am today. Obviously, there's lots of videos out there on TikTok and YouTube and all those other places where you can get different pieces of my story. But here is why I love podcasts is we're going to hear the whole story. So you guys ready to dive into the journey? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Once upon a time, back in the day. When uh, I was just a little toddler, I, I was a rascal. You ask my mother, she, I was running everywhere. And I, I think the best one is, is that I was climbing everything. And I could care less about what, what anybody else thought. And I was just going to go everywhere. But one of the things that my mom realized when I was about one and a half years old... I mean, I was making sounds like, like like that, because that's what my ears were able to hear. And little did we know that my mom would learn that I was born hard of hearing, but we had no idea why I was born hard of hearing. We had no idea what was the cause of it. The doctor just said I had a neural hearing loss. I can never say that word right, and I'm not going to try. If you want to look at the different hearing losses, the one that in the inner ear. I got my first period of hearing aids at age, my mom says it's two, I say it's one and a half. Nobody knows. I don't remember those times, but my mom says I was two years old when I got my, my first period of hearing aids. And it was a battle for them. It was a battle for them to fight 
for me to get hearing aids for insurance, and insurance wasn't really willing to cooperate for me to get hearing aids, which is a big problem out there for parents that are going to have that have kids that have a hearing loss is being able to afford hearing aids because these are not cheap. I mean, the current hearing aid I have are a little over three thousand dollars a pop, which is a big issue. Let's kind of fast forward through life here. So I've gotten my first pair of hearing aids. I'm climbing everything, being a little rascal. And I didn't know anything different. Everything was great. It was just perfect. You know, I mean, I got I was playing with everybody. Everybody was, was, we were working together. I was climbing trees and getting myself into trouble and doing all those things. But when I started realizing I was different was in the first grade. I because of my birthday I had to repeat first grade twice. I didn't feel it. I just had to repeat it twice. What ended up happening was is I had to wear this box and it's called a trainer. And I can't find them online. I think they they banned it from the internet because they were so ugly and so disgusting to look at. I mean, they, they were like puke color to the, to the point where like the brown was so pukey that you couldn't imagine like, why would you even put that on a kid? It's like your red, it's like a target thing to be made fun of. That was the beginning when I realized I was having to wear this thing called the trainer and basically how it works. It's a, it's a box kind of like an Altoid box and just a, Pretend you had two headphones plugged into it and a little robot straps that goes around the chest and over the shoulders. And the teacher would have a microphone so that way I could increase the teacher's voice if I needed to hear the teacher better. I never used it, right? Because you were supposed to use it where you increase the teacher's voice and I could care less. I didn't want to hear the teacher and have her tell me what to do. All, all I want to do is go play. And at that point, when we realize, oh, I go to recess, and I'll never forget this one kid. He, he, he would come up to me and say, you're a robot. Because I couldn't talk correctly back then. And... I didn't know how to pronunciate my words or say my words back then. And he, he'd be like, bop, bop, boop, bop, boop, wait, bop, 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 boop, boop. And uh, I, I learned how to use these um, these hammers I have on my hands. And, uh, and they became very uh, intense. And I would roll my fingers into a hammer and just take the kid out. Every single time. But who got in trouble? It was me. Not not the kid. For saying boop bop be the beep beep bop boop boop kid with the robot or kid with the box. All those different names that they would make fun of me with. And I would always get in trouble because I would beat them up. I have personally have no shame of doing that, but but the teacher did. And I would get in school suspension and my parents would be called and I would get in trouble at home. And I would tell my mom, like, hey, they were making fun of me. They were not nice. All that stuff. 
And that went through all through first grade. And went into second grade. I went from a public school to a private school. This is before they separated the church and state. So I could still get services for my hearing aids. And if you thought public school was bad, the private school was even worse. And that's when the kids were, they were taking the whole nother level. They wasn't just the kids my age. It was the sixth graders, the fifth graders, the kids older saying, why do you talk funny? Why do you not talk like everybody else? Are you stupid? You retarded? And that's when I started believing it. And because of it, I started hating myself. I hated myself so much that every time I would get in trouble, I would scream, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself. And there was this one time in second grade, I got in trouble. I came home and grabbed a knife. I held it to my head, touching it to my head, ready to push it in. I was ready to take my life. Because I realized I hated myself so much. I hated who I was. And I was different from everybody else. Thankfully, my mom was there and she said, Come, we love you so much. We don't want you to do that. We care about you so much. So I put the knife down. And of course, my mom takes my pocket knife away at that point. And I couldn't have it no more. That was another sore spot in my life. But I had to keep going to school. I had to continue to do all the things at school. And I would have tried to take my life two more times. One was a big butcher knife. And another one was a, another, like one of those sawing steak knives. Because I hated myself so much, there was no way out. I couldn't imagine having to live the rest of my life being made fun of because I talked funny. I couldn't imagine having to deal with this. Yes, my parents loved me. Everybody cared about me. But having to be different was becoming such a barrier for me. But then, shortly, right before Christmas break, I was playing on the playground, and this kid jumped on my sandcastle-type thing that I was building and destroyed it. And he was laughing, and he ran off, and there was a basketball nearby. And if you know me, I'm, I'm not a bad thrower. I threw that ball, hit him in the head, and made him stumble, and I was able to catch up. I jumped on him, and I just started punching him. And punching. And punching. And then eventually one of somebody from the school came and pulled me off the kid and took me to the principal's office. I was so angry. But at that point I had a peace. It was the weirdest thing ever. I went from being so angry to having peace 
in who I was. So I got to see the vice principal, Mr. McCullers. He's still alive today. If you need a Santa Claus, uh, he's a good Santa Claus. He, he's such a great guy. In his office, and he said, Kelvin, you're going to have in-school dispension because you beat so-and-so up. And I'm like, to a kid my that at his third grade level, that was, a, that was just a nightmare. I had no idea that that was... That was going to traumatize me so much. But remember, I said there was a peace in me. And that's when I asked him, how do I accept Jesus Christ into my life? Because I have this peace in my heart that it's going to be okay. He pulled out his Bible and said, could I go to a Christian school? And pulled out Romans 10, 9. If you confess your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day, you are saved. And that you believe that he forgives you. I said that, and immediately the hate for my life was gone. And that's when the purpose for my life transformed who I was. But it wasn't easy. At the age of probably 10 or 11, no, what would it be? I would have been nine. I realized that even though I was different, I was going to have to help from the Almighty Creator, the one that made me who I was through these challenges in life. The bullying didn't stop, my anger didn't stop. But my hatred for myself was gone. I still got in trouble. Still had to go see the principal. I still had to battle the bullies. But I was okay. Because I knew that I had peace in who I was. But then a curveball came when I was in the sixth grade. I was playing a soccer game at night. And everything was going well. I was playing goalie, my favorite position. Part of it, I was looking for that collision. As I remember the ball was coming down from the left side, and I was getting ready to make the save and do what I needed to do as a goalie. And then the next thing you know, you hit it a big boom. And... What ended up happening is the lights on the field, the circuitry for that light, for those lights, literally had an explosion. And it knocked out the power into the lights. It was pitch dark. And then I tried to open my eyes, and I couldn't see anything. It was so dark that I couldn't even see shapes. And I started to panic. And I screamed, Dad, 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 I can't see, I can't see, I can't see. My dad came and got me, pulled me off the field, and we went home. Three months later from that moment, I went and saw a retina specialist to figure out what's going on with my eyes. We came, looked into my eyes. The doctor looked at my eyes and says, 
I'm not sure what that is. But it's not normal. So the next doctor came and looked into my eyes. And he says, yeah, I see what you're talking about. Let me go get another doctor. And let's just double check that we're correct. And that doctor looked into my eyes. He said, yeah, you're right. I'm sitting there as a little kid thinking, what are you, you right about? We got the news. And we found out that I had Usher Syndrome type 2. That's when everything fell apart. All I wanted to do was just chase the girls, skateboard, and play soccer. But I had no idea what the journey was going to be before me. I had lost all of my night vision. And I was going to have to survive. Wondering when will I go blind. That journey was not easy. But I continued to try to be as normal as possible. Whatever normal is. I played sports. I did everything that everybody, any teenager would do. Got my driver's license. Got my first ticket. <laughs> Later 24 hours after getting my driver's license. That's a pretty funny story. Um, you're going to have to watch that on TikTok. I get through junior high and high school. Then I turn 19. Literally two months after turning 19, my vision had gotten to the point where I can no longer see a stoplight. I can no longer see the stop sign. And it was no, not even safe for me to travel by myself without a cane outside. But I wasn't willing to embrace blindness yet. I'm only 19 years old. I'm only living a life that every 19-year-old should live. Trying to find the, the girl to date and get married, have some kids, and move on with life. But that wasn't the path that was before me. I was just, just eating breakfast that November 2006. I was just eating breakfast. I just finished. You had all these tables around in the cafeteria. Beautiful scenery outside because it's in the mountains. And I just walked to go drop off my dishes at the dish station. If you've ever been to a camp, a lot of times they have these dish stations where you drop off your plates. And then it goes into a like, giant dishwasher type thing. Started making my way there. And somebody left their chair out. And I didn't see it. I hit this chair so hard. It sent my plate and my cup over the chair. And it sent me onto the floor. I'm on my knees. And I'm just crying. Just sobbing. Because I realized I had lost the bottom part of my vision. I no longer can see left, right, or up, or down. All the vision I had left was the central part. At that moment, I had to make a choice. Do I rejoice in my suffering? Or do I continue to make my body do something it cannot do? Which is see. With the tears coming down my eyes, with the milk on my sweater... I threw up my arms 
And I said, I will rejoice in my suffering. I will persevere knowing that with my perseverance, I'm going to build a character that has hope in Christ. And you want to know where exactly this comes from? It's Romans 5, 3, 4. I said this out loud in front of all of my brothers and sisters at the Bible school I was going to. With the tears running down my, my face. And saying, I'm willing to accept death blindness. And that's when the journey began. But once I came back from Christmas break. The pain of not being able to drive anymore. Being diagnosed legally blind, meaning that you have less than 20 degrees of vision or less, or 2200 vision. In my case, I had less than 20 degrees of vision. I get back to school, realizing I can't even read my own books without my eyes hurting. And I said to God, I said, I don't want to live no more. This deaf blindness is so painful. So I just packed my pockets, grabbed my blind cane, and took the path into the mountains. I knew where they were. I knew how to get there. I had to go from 5,000 elevation to 6,000 elevation to be able to find them. And I would just hike. I did this 12 times in hopes that a bear would take my life. Some argue that it's a suicide attempt. Some argue that I was just crazy. But no matter what, on the 12th time, that still small voice came to me and said, Calvin, it's going to be okay. I love you so much. I have a purpose for your life. You don't have to worry about losing your hearing. You don't have to worry about losing your vision. I'm going to be here. For you. I just want you to enjoy. Who you are. And allow others to see it. Not forever changed my life. God saying. That he had a purpose for me. And telling me to persevere through it. Because it's going to be okay. I'm going to build a character that has so much hope. Because he has it all under control. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But what it does mean. You can lean into him. And he's going to hold your hand through it. Like I said at the beginning. You have a choice. To suffer with joy. Or to suffer with sorrow. I chose joy. So what do you choose? It's time for the Perseverance Corner. You guys ready for this? 
Today's passage comes from Romans 5, 3, 4. Not only so, we link our joy to our suffering because we know suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. That wraps us up. If you would like to be on the Perseverance Podcast, email me at info at perseveringpodcast.com. If you would like to see all the merch, go to deafblindpotter.com where you can get your deafblind potter pieces, your living me on a label merch, as well help support the lighted blind cans. That way we can protect the 253 million visually impaired people from getting hit by a car in a lifetime. You guys go live beyond your challenges. And I'll see you next month.